Welcome to the Roots of Success podcast. We've raised the bar. Tap into the source of your success through real stories from real people. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to level up and get to the root of your success. And now your host, now Nate the Great Peterman. Great Peterman. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Roots of Success podcast. I am your host, Nate the Great, and today we have a very, very special guest, my guy, Dr. Tom Connolly. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really great. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to set this up. I know you're a super busy guy. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, for, the, for the listeners, for the viewers that, you know, of course, that are looking at this, um, they might not really know what it is that you do or, sure. or who you are. So if you could kind of fill them in on, on your profession, what you do currently, and, and really your story, like your background. Sure, yeah. How you, you got here. Well, I'm a dentist, okay. and uh, I focus on cosmetics and reconstruction. So most of my patients don't really, I don't have regular patients. Most of my patients come to me, we rebuild them, or we make them look pretty, and then we send them back to their dentist. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's really all we do is, is the big, glamorous stuff and we tend to draw a lot of uh, fun patients from all different walks of life from regular people to athletes to singers to actors to politicians it's uh, we have a nice sample of people here it's fun we keep it we keep it's very the very lighthearted here um, we, have a, we also have an office in Soho in New York City but we're really here most of the time it's really cool so what made you uh, what made you kind of want to you know get into this field I mean and they've been doing it for quite some time. You know, I mean, if you start at the beginning, you know, who wants to be a dentist? You know, it's like, I, I mean, I remember saying that to myself, what a stupid job, what's the fixed right. teeth, right? <laughs> I know what you mean. You know, but as a kid, you like your, I like my orthodontist, and I thought, you know, that's a cool job. You know, you drove a Mercedes, you seemed really sharp, and it seemed like a good job, so I went to dental school to be an orthodontist. Well, orthodontics is extremely boring. You know, talk about starting a project and finishing three years later um, and working with kids. You know, I instantly was turned off and, you know, just decided to be a regular dentist. And, uh, you know, I graduated in 97, so 23 plus years ago. Um, and, you know, back then you started when you start out, you're just a regular dentist. Yeah. Um, and then you, you realize you can start making more money doing cosmetics and you start to like it. And you, the people like you, when you make them look better and everybody wants to be a cosmetic dentist because it's fun yeah i like that it's funny uh tom i had braces for five years man talk about a process you feel me i just wow i'm I'm so grateful for you know the fact that i had great doctors and just it's it's the relationship i feel like that's super important with the clients because it's you know the job of course matters significantly but I'm sure you can attest to that, like in terms of some of the, the people that you work on in terms of all different professions, you know? Right. Well, it's definitely a relationship. I mean, I, I think that's probably the key, one of the many keys to where I'm at today, or quote unquote, my success is I become friends with all of my patients, you know, you know, from the guy that's the busboy at the restaurant across the street to Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. you know, these people are my buddies and, uh, you know, we lean on each other for stuff. You know, Shaq literally just sent me a text today, um, asked me a question, and uh, I I brought up the fact that my one of my close friends 
niece is dying of cancer and she's 12 and she's a massive basketball fan and he FaceTimed her. Really? Yeah. So like it's just, it's just weird, you know, that's just to be able to pull that connection through from somebody being a patient and, you know, somebody videotaped him FaceTiming her. It was really great. Um, but yeah, you know, all these patients, the, um, and, and one of the reasons we do this because we, we truly, I mean, it's, it's such a, you know, we care type thing, but we, we really do. We spend a lot of time with people's faces and we get to know them pretty well. Yeah. And then it makes them feel like welcomed. And like you said, it's just that relationship that, that cultivates. I'm, I'm a firm believer, like, um, value is everything at the end of the day, especially living in a place like Los Angeles or in New York. You know, if you can really just help one another in a sincere and genuine way, uh, I feel like that's just such a big, big thing in, in life. Well, that, that is exactly how the patients feel. Mm. Um, every patient has my cell phone number in this practice and texts me directly every single patient we text back and forth the minute you're a patient of mine and i start working i pull up my cell phone i say what's your cell phone number i send them a text so you text me anytime 24 7 anytime i don't care what it is if you have a problem you reach out and i think without having an answering service or a secretary or a voicemail or something um, that alone it's almost like people can check that off the list like i don't ever have to worry about anything dentally because i can always get a hold of them and, and that is valuable um, and you know that's that's built a big part of my practice. There's days where I wish I didn't do it, <laughs> but for the most part, most people don't bother me unless they really need to. So. Huh? That's, that's I like that because you're always there for them. Always. And the fact that you're always there for them it makes them feel, you know, they're like they're heard, right? Yeah. And I'm sure it's instantaneous it, with a text. Yeah. I can say, you know what? That's all right. We, that can wait till Monday. Don't worry about it. Go about what you're doing. Or you know what? I need you to meet me at the office in an hour. We need to get you an antibiotic. We're going to do something like that. So, um, you know, we can, sometimes people just need to hear that it's okay. Yeah. And when they're on vacation, they're great. He says, okay, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and it goes along with everything with the, the five-star service, five-star um, product. You know, what we do is, is different than what most dental offices do. You know, a little insight into the world of dentistry um, it's a it's a dirty world in that you know I can you familiar with the dental crown is yeah. oh the crown yeah yeah most of the listeners know what a crown is it's yeah. you know you truly truth have big fillings or it's had a cavity or is it something wrong with it where it's just so broken down we got to cover the whole thing mm. so as a dentist you know I get the patient numb I drill it down I take an impression I send that impression off to the dental laboratory mm. so what laboratory do I use okay. It's, it's really, you could almost compare it to which restaurant am I going to eat at? Am I going to go to you know, Carl's Jr. or are we going to go to uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse? You know, where are you going to get your meat? You know, where are you going to eat? And so I can have a crown made in China for 12 bucks. Mm. Um, and it's not pretty. No. And it barely fits. That same crown I can have made by my master technician, Aoki Hashi, who's got 25 years of experience as a master dental technician, and he's going to charge me over $1,000 for that crown. So we're talking 12 bucks to 1,000 bucks. And there's no, there's been a lot of space in there. And the hard part is you come into Beverly Hills and you got guys a block from me charging the same fee as me. We charge $2,500 all the way up to $3,500 per crown. They're charging the same thing, 
and they're doing the twelve dollar products. And then they come to me geez, and they've spent all this money. Yeah. And like, I'm a disaster. I'm gonna cut everything off and put in the good stuff. So that that's also what separates us. Every patient that leaves here has beautiful work that fits, that's comfortable, that functions, and it's the word spreads. You know? Yeah. We just stick to good, clean living, and it, it, it works out for you in the end. But you make a lot less money. I'm sure. But eventually, yeah. eventually it catches up, and you make more money. And it's worth a bit. Yep. And then the relationships call to it. Because, right. wow. So how does that make you kind of, because at first, I'm sure whenever you were getting into things, and like, how, how was it whenever you were first into the industry, and you, you know, you were learning the ins and the outs, because you've been on this for quite some time, and, and you saw some of what, you know, the others, like they were doing it a, a cheaper way, I guess you could right. say. How did that kind of um, make you feel in terms of going to do it to yeah, pay over a grant for, for right. uh, um, yeah. Well, you know, you go to like a dental convention, you, you talk to the dentists, and I have the best portfolio there. I, mean, I have the best cases. Yeah. My cases are better than anybody's. And I tell them what I pay, and they're all like, you're an idiot. And you know, 15 years ago, I, and a Toyota Camry, you know, you guys have Mercedes, I live in a mess, they got a vacation home, and I'm like, I'm just a regular guy. Yeah. But I'm doing more cosmetic work than anybody because everybody sees the work and they want it to look like that. So what's happened, you know, telescope 10 years in the future, you know, now we're doing, you know, when I do a full mouth reconstruction case, I'm not doing one tooth, I'm doing 28 teeth at $3,500 a tooth. Holy and, you know, we're getting a hundred thousand dollars for these cases because we're putting a couple diamonds here. You know, we're doing post Malone right now, and he's got seventeen carat diamond cubes on his eye teeth, and it's one point two million. Wow! So there's nobody doing one point two million dollar dental cases. Yeah, that's a hefty chunk of change. Yeah, it's a big chunk of change. <laughs> and we're gonna do more of them because it's we developed the procedure. We're the only ones that can make a crown out of a pure diamond. We get the diamonds in Africa, we import them to wow. Belgium, we cut them in Israel, and there's nothing like it. They're absolutely stunning, beautiful, and uh, it's, it's been a fun ride. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to work with cool people. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I, I can text post. He's become a friendly person with me. He's a great guy. You know? Yeah, his manners are incredible. And he's a cool dude. Yeah, and that's amazing. So, you know, with the connections within the dental world, how did you... You know, establish them. I mean, you're talking about Africa and, and you know, Belgium and you know some of these different countries. How did you establish some of these connections? You know, it's interesting that there's one common thread. I think if you look at a, any profession and something that's kind of pushing their way to the top is there's this perseverance. There's this this pit bull, like don't let go. You know, I'm, I'm getting this done. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. You know, you've all we've all seen those diagrams on Instagram where you know. It's like uh, beginning and then success, and people think it's a straight line. It's just this squiggly, squiggly line, you know, of failures. And you know, I've had my fair share of failures. And I could, I could spend an hour just talking about my failures and all the things that I, all the mistakes I've made, mistakes I still make. And that's, that's basically, you know, what gets you there is you keep going. So okay, let's do it again. Let's let's do it again. Let's do it again. You know, one of the things we do in this practice, and one of the things that we're very transparent with with patients, is I always tell people, you know, as cosmetic dentists, we have the advantage of making revisions. Mm -hmm. If I do something and somebody doesn't like it, I can redo it. Yeah. 
I don't have to put him to sleep. I don't have to do that. I don't have to cut him and wait for him to heal. I can do it the next day. So, you know, we, we include that. Like, if you don't like it, we'll change it. So we do everything we can to not have to change it. But people change their minds. And even if they change their minds, we still change it. You know, just everybody that leaves here is happy. Um, and I think that understanding that you can't always make money and it's just part of the profession. If you want to be good at what you do, 25% of the time, I don't know, 10% of the time, I don't know what it is, depending on the year, yeah. I'm not making money on this patient. I'm losing money. That's just the way it is. There's no way around it because yeah. nobody's going to leave happy. And I can, my practice can take the blow, but we can't take the reputation blow. So we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to do it sometimes more than we should. But I think, you know, 25 years in, 24 years into it, 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 it adds up. Yeah. Um, so, and, I, and I think that's probably a fault of a lot of my colleagues. Is, you know, we have, um, you know, we have a young lady coming in here that's had her ears done twice. And, you know, she wants me to help her. And, you know, geez, it's a tough case. It's a tough case. You know, um, a lot of dentists are unconsciously incompetent. They, they don't even know what they don't know. And so they talk a good talk, you know, they're, they're pretty good at selling because they believe in their heart that they can do it. But at the end of the day, you know, they haven't done 50,000 cases. They haven't done, you know, two or 300,000 veneers. They haven't done enough of it. You know, they've done like a couple hundred or a case here, a case a month. You know, we do a case a day. So Tom, you know, I'm curious with, of course, your, your practice and, and everything. What makes you guys, besides like, you know, the thousand dollars, spend on like a crown or something for that and in the, in the great relationships let's say maybe somebody that's in business is an entrepreneur um, you know maybe they're coming out of college or something what is one outlier trait that you would say is like super important in cultivating very fruitful relationships in any aspect of your life you gotta go get it mm -hmm. I mean I I mean, I think I said that earlier too, and I don't want to keep saying it, but yeah. um, if I go back to, you know, some of these, these relationships I've built with some of these athletes, um, where, you know, for example, um, with Odell, with Odell Beckham Jr., you know, Odell came to me a year and a half before we worked on it, you know, we just kept pushing that button, and I just kept showing up in his face, I just kept coming around, I just like... I'm totally doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Yeah. And so, but being that with everybody, you know, following up, being mindful. Um, you know, if there's, I don't know if there's one trait, you know, that was your question, was there one thing, you know, but in, in my profession where it's a personalized service industry, you know, it's, it's very important that I have everybody in my bubble. And once those people start being out of my bubble and somebody else is handling them, then it's too big it's no longer profitable not even financially because what what enables us to to be profitable is the fact that we have that relationship so you know it, it's it it really is the core of of this business is you know somebody calling and say hey can you see my new girlfriend you know she wants to get veneers i'm going to pay for it and then i call back and say she needs veneers it's going to be 90 grand all right, I'll wait you in the morning. You know, it's just, it's that simple. Jeez. So as opposed to 
you know, them calling up and talking to my secretary and saying, ah, this is so-and-so, and she never met him because she's new. Right. And then you get an appointment, you get a consultation. That, that just, it, it just, it's disconnected before it even started. And that even pours into, like, social media. Dude, so um, much. It pours into social media, the fact that if you, somebody always says, like, wow, Dr. Crowley, who does your social media? I'm like, me. <laughs> I do it. Every day when I'm on the bike at the gym, I figure out what I want to post. And I gotta put, I'm always doing photos. I'm always cultivating things to post, but I don't necessarily post them all. I just put them in a folder, and then I'm like, what are we going to post today? And sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's my life. Sometimes it's hobbies. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's before and after. Sometimes it's laboratory-based, technical, educational. You know, we got like 10 subjects we like to cover, and we kind of rotate amongst the subjects. But it's me. It's my passion. It's my, my Instagram is me. And I can't even imagine hiring somebody and sitting around trying to explain to them what they need to post for me. That's more work than me doing for myself. You know? And what, it, what ends up happening is when it truly is you and people start to like you, you, you're able to like, it truly does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. You know, uh, we really don't do anything fake on our Instagram. You know, like people like rent Ferraris and do shoots and yeah, which means like the hype. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't really. I, I don't have a fancy car. I, I walk to work, um, and I don't think people give a shit. Right. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we everything is you know we bring photographer here. We'll shoot patients. We'll shoot people. We we'll shoot procedures. We do funny videos. I've never seen any funny videos. Really? Some killer funny videos that we've, you know, two day productions that we've put together. I'll have to show you. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, when you said, is there one thing, I, you know, one is obviously the relationship, but, you know, pouring over into social media is making your social media be who you are. You know, maybe you're not, maybe it's not for you because you're not good on social media. Right. You know, that's a problem. But not everybody's meant to be the leader of, of, of of the workplace or, the, or the, the guy that's in the front page or the guy you know some people want to work for somebody else it's true you know I, I have a dentist that works for me she's amazing she's my assistant I have a dentist that's an assist to me every day and that's her thing yeah I um, mean she's very good at it and she gets paid very well to do it and it's very rewarding so um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint or from a leader standpoint um, kind of relationships is the only thing that matters so, yeah, I like that. Man, I can imagine. Like, I love how you focus just solely on your Instagram page because I can only imagine the amount of DMs that you get to the messages oh. that come through. I try to answer all of them. I do. Really? I do. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. It does bleed into personal time sometimes when they, when they roll in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's pretty easy to, to weed out the sales ones. I don't answer the sales ones. Yeah, like marketing. I get hey, that. Do like, you want 200,000 followers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we get a lot of charity requests, you know, which is, it's unfortunate because we can't help everybody, you know, what we do is we pick a cause and we just kind of stick with that cause and it, it keeps us focused and it helps us to, to do charity, but not have to veer off of it and explain ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, my charity has always been combat veterans and or homeless combat veterans, veterans that have gone to war, been in active combat and they've ended up with nothing. They're homeless. You fix them like they're $80,000 patients. We don't spare costs. We 
do it the same way as if they came in with a check. Yeah, we get some great cases with some great friends, great relationships out of it. Um, and that's this is where we that's where our uh, tithing or our you know, our charities at. So I have some girl that texts me because she used to do drugs and she's in the middle of Indiana. Brandon, I feel for her, but it's not our we've already identified where we're where we're gonna put our time. So it's for somebody else. Yeah, no, I love that. It's it's so impactful just what social media can do too, you know? Because I mean this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for social media. Right. You know, just the relationships you can cultivate and the you know, it's the news and anybody that you want to reach is right at your fingertips nowadays. Anything. You look back I'm sure 20, 30 years ago and, and how things were. You saw telephone books. You know? Hey, and now hey, it's, you just have contacts. Hey. And it's just so, it's so mind blowing. I'm sure for you it's kind of like well, as a parent too, like my kids ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know, Google it. <laughs> yeah, I don't pretend to know everything. You're like, my parents probably pretended. Well, you see, son, this is this is the way this does this. I don't know. Google it. Yeah. Ask Siri. Yeah, watch watch a YouTube tutorial <laughs> or something. It's true. Yeah. It's great. So we don't have to waste our time with some of that stuff. No, it's just there. We have time for other things. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I'm curious, what's what's your feedback on like? You know, since we have all this tech and the social media, a lot of people are saying, hey, I want to be an influencer and stuff. Um, what's your feedback on just the whole college realm of things nowadays, right? Because obviously with what you do, I mean, college is part of it. Part of it but yeah. um, like, do you think it's needed as much as what it was years ago? No, I don't think so at all. In fact, and it wasn't even that. Yeah. Because, you know, you, we all heard the story of like, oh yeah, he didn't go to college, and he's running this multi-million dollar business. And, uh, you know, I, I can tell you how many of my my colleagues have children or guys I went to school with that had degrees that work at Abercrombie, <laughs> or they work at the mall somewhere and they got a bachelor's in fine arts or uh, art history or something. Um, you know, my I have three children. My one, my oldest is a hockey player. And uh, he said to me, do I need to go to college? I'm like, well, if you get drafted and somebody gives you a couple million dollar contract, I'd, I'd go play hockey, you can go to college later. Yeah. There's no reason to go now. No, not at all. Go when you're 30. Yeah. You know, and then my other son doesn't want to go to college. He wants to, he wants to be a police officer. Oh, and I said, great. Yeah. Do it. You know, he wants to be a sway. Where's it the worst? I'm like, I'm like Compton. Lots. He's like, I want to be a SWAT officer. Kind of like, you go, do it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, my parents were like, college, 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 college. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know I have I have colleagues, friends that I work out with the gym that are electricians that you know make a million bucks a year because they got twenty guys working for them. They got twenty trucks on the road, and they're, they're millionaires. And they're electricians. They didn't spend a day in college, so um, it varies. You know, my daughter is a straight A student. Literally like four point five grade point average. Probably get a college scholarship. I wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if she dropped out. I didn't go to college and opened up a tattoo parlor because she's an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Holy. Yeah, that'd be like great. Yeah. Especially around these neck of the woods and stuff. Well, there's never been a high end tattoo place in a nice area that I know of. Oh yeah. It could be very interesting. I never thought about that. Right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Frame it a different way, sell it a different way. Charge. I always felt like tattoo artists charge too little too. Well, I got a tattoo a couple weeks ago. 
If you told me it was two thousand dollars, I'd have paid him two thousand dollars. He's like, yeah, three hundred bucks. Three hundred dollars? We've been here for three hours. Holy cow! Three hundred dollars. It's just, it's just it, it, a lot of people that get tattoos don't have apparently a lot of money. But I think that there's, I think without doing any market research, you could pull it off. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you have the confidence and you believe in your service that much, yeah. I mean, and I feel like I feel like sometimes people are a bit fearful of saying the price. Based upon like, oh, they're gonna say it's too much money, you know. Oh no, I've learned that over the years. You know, I I had this conversation with my friend Isaac, who runs Angel City Jewelers, and this chain right here. You know, um, I can't remember when I asked him what it cost, and he told me, I'm like, what? It should be double that. <laughs> he looked at me, he's like, fine, pay me double. <laughs> and I said, well, what is what is this guy in New York charge for? He was, yeah, he charges about. Almost double. Why don't you? He's like, ah, it's a lot of money. And like Isaac, you just gotta drop it. People ask you what it is. She's like, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And then shut your mouth. Literally. Shut let your them, mouth. Let them talking. But you know, I know. Yeah. So today it's bank. No, just be quiet. Oh. And that's the thing, you know, in sales, people talk too much. They talk too much. And and, and the master said, I mean, there's a reason why. The most successful million and billionaires are are introverted. Like literally, it's a statistic because they don't blab as much. Like they, they, they know when to they know when to fill their their piece in. Right. That makes sense. Well, in terms of pricing, you know, in, in my profession, you know, when somebody comes in the door here, and even rich people, you know, you say, "What's it going to be?" I'm like, yeah, it's going to be 115 grand. And they look at me like, "15?" Like that's that's. Does he want to look like that? Yeah. You can't even tell it's been done. And it'll last the rest of your life. And they go, all right, Doc. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, you know, don't get me wrong. When you say that number, you throw it out there. You are like, Ugh. Right. Yeah, you want to do the work. We all want to do the work. We want to make money. We want to make good margins. Um, but, you know, once you've reached a point where you have enough money that you don't need to do the work, it becomes easier. It's hard, you know, 15 years ago, when you're, you got mortgage payments rolling in and you have car payments rolling in, and you're like, man, I didn't make any money this month. People are like, what does it cost? You're like, 50 grand? You know, when you can make money doing it at 30? Yeah. You know, and you need it. it whereas when your bank account's full, you're like, it's 50 grand. I don't care if you do it, if you don't right. do it. Yeah. I got somebody in the line that'll do it. For real. It's much easier. It's true. So how do you take that attitude and transplant it on somebody? It's very hard because it's true soul. Yeah. When you can look at somebody and say, I don't really need your money. Right. You know, you do good work. It's what it is. Yeah. If you want it, we, you're more than welcome to buy it and we'll do it for you. If you don't want to spend the money, so be it. Absolutely. Because, I mean, with your team, it's an investment in you. You know? Well, I mean, if you look at my Instagram, you look at some of the stuff that we do. I mean, we really do invisible dentistry. I mean, you cannot tell people on the covers of magazines and billboards. It's this realistic, beautiful stuff. And you know, when you're making 20 million bucks a year as a celebrity, you don't want people to know that you, you know, it looks stupid if it looks fake. Absolutely. You know, so, um, but even if you're, you know, if you're CEO of a small company, same thing. You show up to work on Monday with these white chicken teeth that are like, ah, the boss got veneers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want that. 
Oh, I love that. And, and unfortunately, it's expensive. You know, the people that do it, they layer these veneers one layer at a time, one tenth of a millimeter. They bake it for an hour, they let it cool for 10 hours, and they put another layer. It takes time. Holy smokes. Layer, layer. They layer just like the human body lays down the teeth with the thin microscopic layers of porcelain. They just build it up and build it up and build it up and build it up and build it up. So when the light hits it, it scatters in a way that, is that a tooth? Yeah. Whereas the cheap ones are cutting it out of a block with a machine. Right. It's, it's just a solid piece of junk. It doesn't take as long either. It's the machine does it in 15 minutes. Yeah, I'd much rather have something that's a longer process because it's like well, it looks real. Yeah, it is. It's just it's just how it has to be so done. If you're spending that amount of money, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, some people do the cheap ones for cheap money too. Yeah. So some people do the cheap ones for big money. Some people do the cheap ones for cheap money. So yeah, you go to anywhere in the country, you get a video for five hundred bucks. I feel like that's a mentality thing too, just the way people kind of look at the, the finances in, in terms of what they want to spend. Because it's like, you always get what you pay for. We had one of the wealthiest people in the world's wife come in here. Wow. It's a Middle Eastern money. The guy's worth over $35 billion. Wow. And she had her and her kids. She came in. She needed about 10 teeth fixed. 10 teeth. And they had either old fillings or cavities. And we quoted her $35,000. One of our best ceramics do the work. She said, that's ridiculous. I'm going to a dentist in the valley. She left. She left. Never saw her again. Holy smokes. So, you know, I, you know, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. Some people value it, some people don't. Man. <laughs> talk, talk about the wealthiest <laughs> in the world, right? It's like somebody on the streets. This is... You will find this value for cheap, and you know I've even had, you know, people come in same thing. They leave and they come back with the work done and ask me to do it. You know, it's oh. even every scenario in the book happened here. So, um, yeah, it's like it's some of the stuff blows you away. Right? Yeah, but yeah, I don't think there's enough education even on the internet about quality. You know, you know, squirt some plastic into a tooth and charge five hundred bucks for it until you get the filling. Real. And six years later, you gotta have it done again, and then again, and then again. You know, if you put some piece of gold in there, or a piece of really high quality porcelain, it's gonna last the next forty years. And you gotta pay two thousand. Like, would I rather have this done four times or one time? Mm. So, yeah, much rather one time because it's yeah, come back and back and back and back, and it's yeah, it just doesn't. The process is just extended way too longer. I'd, I'd rather invest way more money. Have it done right compared to just investing. If you have it, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a place for these things. Some people are saying, "Doc, I have no money. Can you do it? Yeah, and put something in the oven, and maybe when you get it, once you get out of college, we'll fix it and do it. There's a place for it, right? You know, but not when you're a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one, there. right? <laughs> Pulling up in a half million dollar car. Anyway. Wow. So what? I'm curious about this, Tom, in terms of because you've done. Of course, incredible things up to this point in your life. I mean, what's, what's the next like five, ten years look like for you? Do you have any like big plans or anything you want to accomplish within the, you know, just this realm, or maybe it's on a social scale? No, I don't think so. I think you know I've got kids, yeah, and I I, I enjoy spending time with my family. <clears throat> um, I like what I do. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of this these diamond this diamond work right now. And it's, it seems like we're doing more and more of it um, and having a good time with it. 
um, you know, the, the people that are attracted to it, obviously with it being $500,000 per tooth, you know, tend to be interesting folks. And we're having fun with it, you know, flying all over the country. Because uh, if somebody says they are interested and they want to have a consultation, I have no problem throwing my staff on a plane and you know, flying to Miami or you know, flying to St. Louis or flying to wherever to meet with them because a lot of times it, these, we, we, we close everybody. Mm. So it's fun. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah. Good time. Been to a lot of concerts, been to a lot of sporting events. Yeah. Um, Play private places you probably wouldn't have expected. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, if you go through my Instagram, <clears throat> Um, there's a go back. I don't know, a couple months. There's a post of me playing beer pong with Post Malone. Mm-hmm. And this is before we did any work on him. Okay. You know where I met him and just spent time with him and and I was playing beer pong with him and his friend. Beer pong. And had a blast. Sure. Yeah. You know he goes. Yeah. We won. We won. We beat him in the first game. Holy shit! He's pissed. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, to be able to do that. It's, it's, this is, I'm working. Yeah. It's a good time. I mean, whoever thought you'd be a dentist. For real. I mean, that That's the job description, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Man, playing some good old beer pong. <laughs> just, hey. So I'm sure he's a competitor. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, he's competitive. Yeah. <clears throat> that's funny. incredible. Yeah, so we, we ended up, was be a game of beer pong. We won. Okay. And he couldn't even believe me. He's like, he literally says, quote, this is fucked up. You guys are too old to be good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he goes, rematch. Great. So he did a rematch. They beat us at the end. He beat us by like back. really close, really close. So then we did best of three. Best of three, okay. And then the third one, you know, a little commotion in the room. There's a little confusion towards the end as to if somebody got two balls in the same cup, which cup was it. Yeah. And it kind of ended in controversy. Mm. So we're due for a rematch. Yeah, I know what you mean. So last time I saw him, he's like, hey, that was messed up. We gotta redo that. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So you date the time and we'll show up, you feel me? Do that. <laughs> so what he didn't know, I the guy that was my partner, yeah, was a college champion of your pong. College champion? Yeah, like in the state of New Hampshire. What? Yeah, he like won some competitions. So, so he was just just singing it. And so like three hours before we were to play, we went to I went to his house. He bought a beer pong table. We practiced for three hours, so we were right from practicing to playing with him. <laughs> so we were warmed up. We were ready to go. Yeah, you were so we just got in there. It's like I was thinking of. He was thinking of. He was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so we came prepared. Did, did, did Post know about that? No, we told him afterwards. I got told him afterwards. So. A champion from New Hampshire in college. Yeah, big bodybuilder guy. Holy smokes. He's huge. Brad Rowe. Jeez. Yeah. Man, talk about a story. Where's uh, where's one spot in the world you've been to that you would have never expected to just go into? Does that make sense? Uh, like, maybe it's some country or their city. Cause I don't think it's also from a country standpoint. I don't leave this, this country that often. Okay. I mean, I did do some of this. I, I, we do do some work outside of the country. I did a woman's teeth in Cabo on her porch overlooking the city <laughs> next to her pool. Because yeah. we have a complete mobile unit. Wow. So we can go into other countries and do things. 
we're, we're pushing the rules a little bit, but in some of these countries like Mexico, we don't really care because um, <clears throat> we're operating within the premise of their home. Yeah, but, um, you know, I think like just some of these situations where, you know, um, <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, do you know who Roddy Rich is? Yeah. When we were at Roddy Rich, his first concert, solo concert, was at the Hollywood Palladium just a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. And I'm sitting backstage with my wife and my friend Isaac and his girlfriend and these two, like, 300-pound bodyguards. And there's got to be two dozen people waiting for him to see him. And he, you know, Roddy's not a real social guy. Okay. And, you know, like, for example, in comparison to some of these other guys, you know, they're backstage for two hours socializing, drinking, oh. having fun, playing games. Yeah. Whereas Roddy literally showed up five minutes after the show was supposed to start. With him and his, and he's supposed to go on two acts before he already gone on. He's just after he's supposed to go on. Kind of runs through the whole place, comes into our room. I'm with Isaac, who's a Jew. Yeah, okay. He spends the entire time in the room with me and Isaac and the Jew trying on rings and doing these things and taking pictures with him. And, and his mom's down the hall, and his aunt's down the hall, and he's kissing him. Huh. Then he runs on stage. I'm like, I feel guilty. Yeah. He didn't spend any time with anybody but, but me and you. <laughs> You know, but it was partially because of the jewelry and its props yeah, and things like that. But yeah. you know, but I mean, these 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 places are you know they're not dental places, right? You know, you know, Roddy's Roddy's coming in next. He's doing Roddy's teeth, and, and a lot of these people let me say. Some people don't let me talk about it. Some do, um, but um, you know, whether we do we do some diamonds on Roddy, um, Roddy's huge right now. The number one song in the world, the number one album in the world right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've had some some cool people. Every we kind of laugh. Like in this weekend, like I was telling you, what we're doing. You know, we're going to this yeah. Grammy party with McGregor, Conor McGregor. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you kind of laugh. Like, geez, how that right? Happened. Yeah, that's kind of cool. You kind of think back, like, man, 20, 30 years ago. If you told me, you yeah, would never believe it. That happened, right? That happened. But even like, yeah. you know, like when Sha when I met Shaq the first time. He's an enormous human being. He's a wonderful person. Um, when I grew up watching Shaq play basketball, I think, man, I, I was even a dentist watching him. Like, hey, you're gonna be a dentist someday. You're gonna do that guy's teeth, right? Yeah, yeah. Gotta be lying to you or something, right? Like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. He and the cool thing about Shaq is, we did some follow. up He had me come down to his house in Orlando. Okay. So I flew down with all my dental pills and made some adjustments and some things. And his house is crazy. But, you know, this is one of those situations where you're, you're like, what am I doing here? This is great. For real. I've had the, I've had the door razor. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> he's, he's got like, I forgot, he's got a lot of cars. Oh, okay. I'll say like 20 or 30 or 40 cars or something crazy. Like wow. Full court basketball. Oh, I can imagine. He's got this massive aquarium in his family room that looks like a semi. Oh, goodness. He's got snakes. It's like <laughs> a big kids' world. Sounds like good old Amazon in yeah, yeah. South America. Pretty cool. Really sucks. Yeah, it's 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 intriguing to me, you know, Tom, because again, you don't expect to be in those rooms, but it's like you deserve to be there because you've worked your tail off. You've been surrounded around great people. You've sure been through a lot. You know, you right. failed a decent amount. Because I feel like if, if if we don't fail, we don't go through experiences within our lives. It, like this doesn't just happen. It doesn't. It doesn't. doesn't. You know, when I started doing cosmetics in two thousand. With Mark Lohenberg in New York City, yeah. I wanted to be the guy I am today. Okay. Twenty years later, like, 
you know, I wasn't ready then. Right. It was a 20 year journey. Wow. You know, which is a long journey. Yeah. But I'm, I'm 47. I still feel young, you know. But it was worth it. <clears throat> I, I do have the dream dentist job, I will say. Yeah. Um, when you talk to any dentist or dental student, like, oh man, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. We did $1.2 million worth of diver work. And it's got the guy. Oh my gosh. It's fun. Yeah. So, yeah, people are probably mind blown by that, especially, you know, because again, people, they, they want to go from year to year. Right, but they don't. They ignore the this part, and they can't fall in love with that. They got to do the inside. They got to do the middle part. They yeah, grind it out. Literally. <clears throat> you know, I, when I first started, I, I thought my path was to have tons of offices. Mm-hmm. I used to have seven dental practices in throughout New England and New York, and I closed them all. You know, yeah. went through divorce, lost a ton of money, rebuilt, started over, and then. I started another company. Just one thing after another. You know, you just you just keep grinding at it, and sometimes you lose energy. You're like, well, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm just going to be a regular dentist through it. Right. You know, it's, there's something about a regular dentist. You're not going to make a million bucks a year, but you're going to make three hundred thousand bucks every year right. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Yeah. And so, where it's like, if you want, if you're trying to make five million bucks a year as a dentist. And you're trying to do it that way. Then the years you're gonna make, then the years you make less than a hundred grand in the beginning because there isn't any work. Nobody knows who you are. You, so you're doing nothing. Yeah, free stuff. Literally you know, waiting for the big case to walk in the door. Like, that relationship building, like you yeah. Well, not even that. I mean, that's definitely. You don't even have a portfolio. You know, so how do you get a portfolio? You start doing stuff for free. Hey, it'd be great before and after. Can I do fifty thousand dollars worth of for ten grand? Like cover my costs. Or sometimes it's free because it's a great case. I still to this day do free cases for that specific reason. Right. You know, I would if somebody comes to me and I'm looking like, you know what? There's a girl at my gym. I'm in the middle of doing her teeth right now. In fact, she's all over Instagram posting about it. Named Emily Haiti. I saw her across she's beautiful face, yeah. terrible teeth. I walked across, I grabbed her the face, she's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I have to get your teeth. <laughs> It's amazing before and after. She's like, please. I've wanted it my whole life. I can't afford it. So she's documenting all the way. She's an influencer on Instagram. She's got a big YouTube following. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Man, I, I still do that. Yeah. Because you need to demonstrate your abilities and you'll be able to show it photographically, videographically, and have people give testimony. And, and somebody rolls in here and drops 100K. They're not going to do that. Right. Like, you're not taking any pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you can tell people I'm your patient. You can't tell them what you did or show them. <laughs> so, and I love that because it's like you know you're you've gotten to this point now. And you're you're so grateful for everything that you've done, and you still love to you know obviously give as much as you can and, and tithe. And that's I feel like that's such a major major part to really just not just making it, but just you know being at the top and just continuing to help other people, whether it's like in business or. Just, just because. I mean, you saw her. You're like, man, you saw the potential within that, right? And it's, it's I mean, there's also capital gains in there. I have an ulterior motive, marketing, but still, yeah. You know, I have colleagues that say, "Shit, I ain't doing that for free." Right. Yeah. I'm not losing money on that. I'm like, well, I've got a great point after. I got ten other patients from it. 
Yes. And that's about our social media. It is. And internet. Yeah, absolutely. If I show you some of the pictures on my thing, my poem, I don't, you know, a lot of people on Instagram can look at likes or followers or comments. I care about one thing, that's profile visits. That's what I care about. I want people to look at something and be like, hmm, who is this guy? Yeah. Hmm, let me see, let me look more. And so you'll have a picture sometimes I'll post and you'll have, you know, only 500 likes and I got 3,000 profile visits. It takes more effort to visit my profile than it does to like it. Some people don't like. They're not likers. I'm not a liker. I actually have to force myself to push that hard. Even though I like stuff, I just don't do it. Really? Okay. You know, you can stream. A lot of people aren't. Yeah. So, um, profile visits are big for me. And the interesting thing is whenever I post a picture of me and my wife, mm. it blows up. No <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I know what you did. It's crazy. But I get leads from because they're like, oh, who is this couple? Oh, he's a dentist. Oh, wow. I was thinking of getting my teeth done. Uh, oh, you sent okay. him a message. Uh, it's very, it's really something how it works. You guys will be in the cover of a magazine if you aren't already. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. So, you know, there, we have, we have, I have, I don't know, 190,000 real followers. Um, which is helpful for me, real. But I don't know, this fake thing is. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> I signed up for a um, some some young man who's like, hey, I can blow your mind, and it's real people. I'm like, well, what do you do? Yeah. He's like, we have a program that makes it look like you're viewing people's story. Yeah, yeah, we know what you mean. And so then they're like, why? And I verify. Like, why is this verified guy viewing my story? And they come to your account, follow you, and they usually DM. They ended up. I did this for one day. One day. I had hundreds of DMs. Why are you checking out my story? What? They're like, hey, and they're all like foreigners from other countries. You know, like, yeah. This is not gonna work. Did but you gain results, sir? The profile visits went through the roof. I okay. mean, we had maybe twenty thousand profile visits in a day. That's right? really good. <laughs> but the the amount of people that thought that I was interested in them personally, from a DM standpoint, it destroyed the DM as a business tool for us. Yes. Because it was so clogged with garbage. You're saturated with that. A hundred, beyond the, the queue. Mm, yeah. That, and I, I, I literally felt almost unethical having some 22-year-old boy in India think that I was checking out his story. Yeah. my team for free. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Something. Like all the time. <laughs> you know, or can you follow me or promote me? Or, yeah. Like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> I can't even answer these. Literally, I pulled, I pulled the plug in a day. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. But there's a lot of those things out there that I, I don't, is 50% of Instagram fake? I'd say so. 50% of the followers are bots. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's so many sites. How can they fix that? I mean, they eliminated the, because people used to do the organic growth and everything, and then they eliminated the actions you could do on a daily basis. So it's, they're trying to make it more, uh, I don't want to say difficult, but more strategical where you can't do that. But it's just, I don't know how you can't control it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Zuck's got something in mind, but, you know, I mean, it seemed to me like you'd be able to figure out what's a bot and what's not, because I can, as a human being, yeah. click on something and see that somebody's following 5,000 people, they have no, it's eight followers, they're all bots that have followed 5,000 people, and they have six pictures. Yeah, you can tell it's fake. You can't tell. Oh my gosh. 
Who the hell follows yeah. 5,000 people? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's insane. But there you go. I want to be respectful of your time. Sure. Just, but, um, yeah. yeah, I'm super glad we were able to, to put this together and do this. Man, yeah. I really enjoyed our, our chat and things. Uh, where can the where can the audience, where can the listeners and the viewers find you on, on social? Yeah. Uh, my, my handle is at ConnellyBDS, so C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-D-D-S. And then uh, pretty much from there, you can find everything. Yeah. Heck yeah. And I'll attach all that in the description below for you guys to check out. And then real quick before we end, Tom, I just wanted to take a moment. Like, you're very inspirational oh, just you. as a person. Thank and what, what you've done up to this point, the team that you've built. Now, I've met some of the, you know, the team and they're incredible. So it's like seeing that, I realized that it is a journey. And with the, the kind of clientele that you work with, it's... It's beautiful because it takes time. It takes patience. It takes a lot of persistence, like you said. So with you hitting on a lot of those qualities, I admire that so much because I try so much to just have fruitful relationships. And I've been right. super blessed and, and grateful to do so just with this show, you know? So I just I commend you for that, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, a pleasure. Absolutely, brother. All right. Thank man. you, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to the Roots of Success podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. I really appreciate that, as well as a like and a subscribe. Stay connected between shows by following me on Instagram at NateTheGreat. And remember, guys, success starts here. Keep winning. Nate the Great signing off.